Good evening, listeners. Good morning, listeners. Good day, listeners. Whatever time of day you're listening to this, the middle of the night. You're listening to this in the middle of the night. We want to wish you a good night here on Second Take Cinema, coming to you from the glorious Impala Films headquarters in sunny Southend-on-Sea. I am your host, Jamie Evans, joined as always by Mr. Rory Jocelyn. Hello, everybody. And today we're doing a real stone-cold classic. And yes, that is utter sarcasm, because this might be one of the worst movies we have done on Second Take Cinema so far. From the year 2004, it's time for a second take on White Chicks. That's right. Today we are doing White Chicks from 2004. This oh, is the Lucky Boys. <laughs> <laughs> Bow chicka wow wow. Nice. Uh, today we're doing White Chicks. It's a 2004 comedy in inverted quote commas um, d- film directed by Keenan Ivory Wayans from a screenplay co-written by himself, Xavier Cook, Andy McElfresh, Michael Anthony Snowden, with additional contributions by and starring Marlon Wayans and Sean Wayans. Okay, hold up. The Wayans? Hold up. I'm going to stop for a minute. I don't usually stop during the intro bit, but I'm going to stop for a minute. That's one, two, three, four, five. That is six people who are credited with co-writing this. Yes. It took six people to write this. It's a deep emotional drama. So, of course, it takes... They they couldn't leave it to chance, Jamie. It needed a lot of really... You know, high-quality yeah. writing. It also stars Jamie King, Frankie Faison, Lachlan Monroe, Terence Crews, Terry Crews, and John Hurd from Home Alone. Home Alone's John Hurd. Have you heard about this the movie? Bird? Have you heard that the bird is the word? Um, it had a budget of $37 million and grossed $113.1 million. The film received generally negative reviews on release and was nominated for five Golden Raspberry Awards, commonly known as the Razzies, including Worst Picture. However, people nowadays refer to it as a cult classic, which I'm not sure is entirely accurate. Definitely not a cult classic. Reception-wise... it grossed 19.7 million in its opening weekend and ended up at the number two spot. Um, it opened number two behind Shark Tale, another film no one remembers. The film was largely <laughs> panned by critics on release on Rotten Tomatoes. The film has an approval rating of a mere 15%, with the consensus stating it's a scattershot comedy that is silly and obvious. Uh, in the negative review, Dave Kerr of New York Times stated that most movies require some suspension of disbelief, but White Chicks requires something more radical than that. A full frontal lobotomy might be a good place to start. 
Damn. Film critic Richard Roper put the film at number one on his list of the worst movies of 2004 amongst claims of unconvincing prosthetics and racism. Meanwhile, Roger Ebert of the Chicago Sun-Times gave the film one and a half stars out of four and said, Here is a film so dreary and conventional that it took an act of will to keep me in the theatre. He subsequently named it the seventh worst film of 2004. My God, I'd love to know what six were worse than that. Um, I'd love to know that, actually. Uh, Dave Rooney of Variety gave it a positive review, however, stating that the film scores more hits than misses. And USA Today's Mike Clark rated it three out of four and said, as with every other genre, there's a right way and a wrong way to handle dude lawman comedies. White Chicks does it right a lot of the time. And as we said, it was nominated for five Razzie Awards, which were Worst Picture, Worst Actress for the Wayans Brothers... Worst actress for the for the Wayans brothers. I mean, to be fair, they are not yeah. convincing women. Worst director, worst screenplay, and worst screen couple for the Wayans. However, a couple. However, it did lose in all categories, so it did not win any of those because it all, it was up against a film called Fahrenheit Nine One One, which is a Michael Moore documentary, yep. and Catwoman, the Halle Berry Catwoman. Oh, fair play. Out. Fair play. They are bad. Uh, in terms of cultural legacy... Was this a has... bit of a shit year in film then, I, I think it was 2004, yeah. yeah. Uh, except Sp- Spider-Man 2, 2004. That might have been the one good film in 2004, yeah. Spider-Man 2. Yeah, there was also... A... Was 2004 not the same year that uh, Daredevil came out? No, I think it was 2003, and oh, also okay. it's garbage. Yeah, oh, well, that's what I mean, <laughs> garbage films. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. Um, cultural legacy, I'm just going to read this Oh my bit. God, there's not... There can't There's be. one thing here. The rendition of the one-hit wonder A Thousand Miles by Terry Crews became attached to the song. Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. And I would walk... No. Terry Crews is literally the only good person in this film. He's the only decent reason to watch, and he's, it's not enough, because yeah. he's not in it enough. But he, him and his performance, gold. No yeah. problem with Terry Crews. We'll, we'll get there. Yeah. Um, apparently, Terry Crews in 2019 confirmed that a sequel was in the works, but Marlon Wayans later confirmed that that information was not supposed to go out to the public because no deals have actually been reached. And hopefully, none will be. Not that I would, not that I would ever wish for filmmakers not to get work, but I, I need a White Chick sequel about as much as I need Gwyneth Paltrow's vagina-smelling candle. I mean, which can buy which you is to say, not at all. I can buy you one of them. <laughs> but sell- I don't need it. For anyone who doesn't know, she sells them on her website, Goop. Goop. Um, yeah, it's, it's weird. Anyway. It's um Before we dive into this. Yes. Go on. Rory, are you ready to test your knowledge? So as we said, White Chicks was nominated for five Razzie Awards. Yes. But did you know there are ten movies that all got more nominations than that? That year or different years? Over the whole of time. Right. It's time to guess the ten 
most often nominated movies at the Golden Raspberry Awards. So for anyone who doesn't know, these are basically the anti-Oscars. Yeah, they're like the worst films of all time. Yes, they're often done tongue-in-cheek. Obviously, they're largely ignored by the industry, but there has been occasions where the actors play along with the joke and turn up. I think Famously, Halle Berry, Halle Berry yeah. turned up to collect her worst actress Oscar for Catwoman, I it think was it Catwoman, was. It was for Catwoman, yeah. So that would be this year, this came, yeah, the year they were nominated. was totally like, on board with the joke. Fair I mean, play, still, fair play to Halle award. Berry. Still an award <laughs> yeah. at the end of the day. He's still the best at something, yeah. sucking. I will tell you the number of nominations that the film got. Okay, so number 10 with eight nominations. Wow. Of which it won seven. Seven. And then, several years later, was awarded a further two legacy Razzies when they did sort of a end-of-the-decade ceremony. Right. It got a further two, giving it a total of nine Razzies. Released in 2000, this is a movie that is widely regarded as one of the worst movies of all time and it was a vanity project for its star it's a science fiction movie oh my god it's got to be battlefield earth it's battlefield earth there we go well done i will give you a little tick for that um okay next on the list are the ninth most nominations with eight nominations for which it won four of the eight and released in 2016 oh that's quite recent oh could it be justice league I'm afraid you're one film too late. It's Batman v Superman. I always think that's like early 2010s. Jeez. Nah, 2016, my friend. Again, with eight nominations, of which it won three. Right. From 2007. Eight nominations, won three. And I'll give you a little hint. This is a man who at one point was considered a top-notch star. And this was a dire fall from grace. Ooh. And his career is in the toilet now. I think since this movie, to be honest. Oh, I, uh, I'm trying to think. Tom Cruise is still going really. Str- I'm trying to think of people. It's not the guy who was in American Pie as um the like the dude uh, sort of the what's his name the the guy whose mum shags everyone. Stifler. Yeah. Sean William Scott. Yeah. No. It's not Sean William Scott. I'm gonna pass. I don't know. It is the 2007 Eddie Murphy vehicle Norbit. Oh, I, to be fair, by the time that he was doing things like Norbit, I considered he had to- his career was in the toilet anyway. Oh right. Well, yeah. I meant I meant his film stopped getting cinema releases. Yeah. I think Norbit might have been the last one, yeah. or was it uh, Meet Dave was the last that, one? I mean, that is garbage. Uh, Night Professor, garbage. In fact, anything Eddie Murphy out of the eighties is garbage. Oh really? Yeah, I don't think he's done a single good film since the. I'm 80s. not super familiar with Eddie Murphy. Except for a couple recently, Shrek, which were interesting. <laughs> not really a his movie, but yeah, no. I suppose that's okay. Okay, up next on the list. So this is the seventh one, again with eight nominations, yep. for which it won seven, and this is probably, I think this is probably the least well-known film on the list because right. this kind of. I'm not going to lie, this kind of came out with all the fanfare of a wet fart, this did. Right. To be honest, I'm surprised it got nominated for so many because... Because it's so, so little known. Yeah. Right. What so 2007, this came out. It's not that... F- is it 47, the one where it has all of the famous actors? Movie 43. Yeah, that's it. No. Nope. Movie 43. Oh, wow. Okay, I'm going to tell you... I'm not going to tell you the main actress in it. Mm. At least not yet. But... It 
has 9% on Rotten Tomatoes. And it stars VGMP alum Neil McDonough. Wow. I had no idea. It's not a video game film, though. Right, I was going to say. Um, I had no idea he was in this. It's not a video game. And now I know he's in it, I'm convinced he's the villain. I've never seen the film. But you know he is. I, it's Neil McDonough. It's Neil McDonough. I'm sure he's the villain. I'm going to look it up now. So if it's not a VG... See, I would have gone with Legend of Chun-Li, but obviously that's a VGMP movie. You've said it's not that. Uh, I'm going to have to pass. I, I don't know it. It's the <laughs> Lindsay Lohan film, <laughs> I Know Who Killed Me. Oh, i never heard of that film before. No, I told life. you that was the least well-known one, yeah. didn't I? Okay, up next we have one that got nine, and a whopping nine nominations. All right. Came out in 2019, and it won six of the nine nominations. This is one of the biggest debacles of a film release I can remember in a long time. Right. It was a film that had a lot of hype, and when the first trailers came out, you could literally feel the air being let out of the tyres. I think the collective reaction... I, I know how I can put it in terms you'll understand. The collective reaction to this trailer coming out was akin to the reaction to the first Sonic the Hedgehog trailer when he still had the creepy human teeth. Right, okay. What year was it? 2019. Well, that's the, that was when the Sonic trailer came out. But it's not Sonic, oh, okay. otherwise I wouldn't have given you that hint. And it's not a video game-based stuff. No. no, but it's nominated for nine awards. It won six. No, I'm going to have to pass. Cats. Oh, damn, yes. It was a disaster, weren't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, no... And uh, 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 the first send that they did of that film, all the cats had like they had anuses animated on them. Yeah. And they're like, oh, we we sent the wrong version. It was a a technical error. It's like that is not a technical error. Why the That's hell your did you pervy animators? Yeah. Why did you animate an anus on the cats to begin with? Like yeah. what the hell? With nine nominations, but it didn't win any, mm. which at the um, which is one of the highest amounts to be nominated for and not win any. This is a movie from 2013. It's a comedy movie. And funnily enough, although it was so widely panned and won all these and nominated for all these Razzies, for the main star, it's one of their highest grossing films in their career. So and it's it a sequel. Well. It did very well then. Yeah, and it's a sequel. But he's not the main character anymore. He's not the main it's, character. It's not a Will Ferrell movie, quote No. Okay, um... And it's not Ben Stiller. No, stop knocking people off. I'll give you the names of some people who it stars. Go on. But I'm not going to give you the main guy, because that is just giving it away. Uh, it has a cameo appearance in it from Brooklyn Nine-Nine's Andy Samberg. It also features Stone Cold Steve Austin, Taylor Lautner. Oh, this, no, this rings a bell now. And Shaq. I know. Oh. And famous slap fan Chris Rock. <laughs> I wouldn't say he's a slap fan. Oh wait, no, he's the one who got slapped, yeah. isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. No, Will Smith is the slap <laughs> sorry, fan. Sorry, sorry. Uh, Fame slappy. Yeah. Um. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna have to pass. I'm never gonna guess it. It's Grown Ups Two. Oh, I've only seen the first one. All right. Maze. Uh, okay, next, with nine nominations, for which it won five, mm. from 2010. Right. 
also an adaptation. Avatar. And it's a type of adaptation that never works. Ever. Or hardly ever. It's widely regarded a bad idea to make adaptations of these. It's not Prince of Persia, is it? And I feel like I should technically give it to you because you've technically said the title already, but I know you didn't mean this. And it doesn't have that title. But the thing it's adapted from does have that title. Street Fighter The Legend of Chun-Li. When did you say that in the last five minutes? I said it when we were talking about Neil McDonough. No, I meant like literally since I announced this one. Avatar. But you mean James Cameron's Avatar, don't you? No, Avatar The Last Airbender. It is The Last Airbender. Yeah. That's not oh, what you meant, though, is no, it? You it meant James Cameron's <laughs> Avatar. All Avatars are terrible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One looks better than the others, to be fair. Which is The Last Airbender. No, I'm joking. It's <laughs> James Cameron's Avatar looks good, but my God, does it trip over its own story. Um, defeats its own point, but that's a different film. Okay. Is that, was that was that number one? No, no. We've got okay. three more to go. Three more, okay. Up next, with a whopping ten nominations, but it didn't win any of them, from 2017, this is the final film in a franchise. That would be the Justice League. Then. Although it's... I think it's technically the final film, but there's been spin-offs since. Justice League. It's not, it's not a superhero movie. Oh. It's a franchise that made a lot of money, though. Not No Time to Die. That's much more recent. A franchise that ended in 2017. Like I said, they have done spin-offs since, but it's main. This was the end of the main continuity. They're rebooting it, I think, next year. Because nowadays you only go about four years before they reboot yeah, yeah. something. So it's not a superhero film. It's not Star Wars because that's still going in its own continuity. The Last Airbender. <laughs> oh, come on. You're so close. Don't be a douche. It's Transformers. Which one? The last one. <laughs> yeah, the last what? It's called The Last Something. The Last Starfighter. Uh, Transformers The Last War? Last night. Oh, I would the never have guessed night. that. I'm going to be a stickler and I'm not giving it yet. No, that's fine. I understand. <laughs> I would never have guessed last night anyway. What happened last night? Number two. With 11 nominations and it won seven. This is also the final film in its franchise. And it came out in 2012. Last in franchise, 2012. And the whole franchise is regarded as bad. But this one's apparently very bad. Last one in a franchise. Oh. 2012. And the whole franchise is considered bad. By us, not by tween girls. And if that don't give it to you, I don't know what it's does. Twilight then, isn't it? Which one? But the last oh, one. Oh no, now he's stuck. What's it called? What's the last Twilight film called? Hang on, you've got Twilight. You've then got Twilight the Last Airbender. <laughs> you've got... <laughs> Twilight Wrath of Khan. <laughs> yeah. Twilight werewolves, not swearwolves. Twilight to Twi Harder. <laughs> <laughs> twi Hard with a vengeance. <laughs> Live free or Twi Hard. Yes. A good day to Twi Hard. <laughs> um, oh, well, you shit. could do it. You could do it. 
It's the one they split in two. Yeah, well, that that makes it easier. I'm guessing they would have given the same name, but part one, part two. Yeah. So it's part two then. Um, Twilight, something, something, part two. Twilight, New Moon? No, that's the second one. It's Breaking Dawn. Oh. Oh, right, if you last one. Feel like you should know this because I feel like it's popular knowledge that this is the film with the most Razzie nominations ever. Sure, Catwoman <laughs> with a whopping twelve nominations, mm. winning ten of them. Wow! From two thousand and eleven, it also stars someone who was in one of the films we've already had tonight, and one of the Razzies that it won was worst actor. For a person playing themselves. Oh my god. And it's a person who is otherwise usually regarded as a good actor, as in they've won Oscars before. That's not film 43 or whatever it's called. No. They're playing themselves. They want a Razzie for playing themselves. But in the past, they've won Oscars. They're generally considered a very good actor. And it's a big film. Yeah, I mean, it came out in cinemas. I remember, I remember seeing it on the side of buses and shit. I think it made money. In fact, give me a minute. I'm gonna look if it. Ma- I think it made money because the guy, the guy who's the main actor, his career's still going really strong. Mm. But I feel like it's very well known that this made like no money. And it's 2014. You said 2011. 2011. This made 149 million. Wow. Which, to be fair, actually, it only just doubled its budget, so it didn't, wasn't a massive success. And I think I think I read that the main person won the worst couple award for playing two roles. Oh my god, is it Adam Sandler? It is Adam Sandler. What's the film? Something in Amy. Ten seconds. Ten. Nine. Eight. James and Amy. Seven. It's Jack and Jill. Oh. He plays Jack, he plays Jill, Jill. And the actor who won a Razzie for playing themselves is Al Pacino. Oh, wow. Al Pacino is debasing himself in that movie. What is he doing? Now, there? to be fair, by all reports, apparently had a great time, Al Pacino. Yeah, yeah. But and, it's you not, know, it's at his film. age, that's kind of important. It's not a real film. But, yeah. At some point, I feel like we need to watch Jack and Jill. Not for this show, not for any show, but just to see if it really deserves 12 Razzie nominations. Isn't one of the problems for Jack and Jill being that Adam's performance as Jill is not only as a really annoying woman, but it's like a full-on Jewish stereotype? Probably. So you scored a whopping 2 out of 10 there, Rory. Well done. On my way to 70%. And we're now going to take a brief break for adverts, and then we'll be back to talk about white chicks. And we're back. Okay, Rory, question number number one, numero uno, why? Why did you put this film in? Did I put this film in? I've never seen it before, so you must have put it in. I have seen it before, I, so it I, must have I been wanted, mine. one of my life goals was <laughs> to go my entire life without seeing this movie. And thanks to you, I have now not achieved that. So, the reason I put this in is because it's literally one of the greatest comedies of all time. Um, it's, it, it's up there with any of the comedy greats. 
Um, Python. Which, which, yeah, which makes sense what because are obviously brothers, it's got, Marx Brothers. Well, I mean, the Wyans are ultimately um, akin to like the Marx Brothers or, uh, or, or, or Jim Carrey, who they worked with previously. Um, you know, they're they're all the way up there. As, mm-hmm. You know, how long do you keep this sarcasm up for? Uh, pro- as long as I can go. Uh, it, I really hate this film. It's garbage. Then why um, did you put it in? Because that was the, you sold me this idea. Give that me films a second chance. Yeah. Yes. But did you honestly think this film may have improved? Did you honestly think there was any chance? What percentage chance did you think there was that you would revisit this film and go, "Oh, I was wrong. This film's actually great." I want to say ten percent. <laughs> okay but my heart says one percent <laughs> my mind keeps telling me no okay so but my body my body is telling me yes i first saw this film about a year after it came out so 2005 yes i was with a girlfriend at the time mm-hmm. who was a very chubby girl i mean i didn't have much in common with this girl it wasn't a very long lasting relationship but I was around there once, and oh, I know a really funny film, White Chicks. I've got it on DVD. Let's watch it. Uh, so we put on White Chicks. I told her to turn it off after about 20 minutes because I was like, this is garbage. Yeah. Now, so that's something that I will say in my defense. Often, my first take of something, if I have legitimate reasons for thinking it's garbage and not just being I'm on an off day, generally I'll stick to it. So... Generally, things like that, I tend not to change my mind wholly. And it's not because I don't give things another try. Um, White Chicks, I would put on the same bracket as that. I watched it, and it wasn't because I was like, I don't like this for... Uh, like, I'm just don't not in the mood today. I watched it, and I was like, I do not understand, A, why this is meant to be funny. Yeah. Um, I, B, it's puerile. I thought that at the time. And I, I haven't changed my mind. Yeah. To the point where... Uh, Terry Crews, who is the best thing in this, he appears at about the 30 to 35 minute mark in this film. He never even made it to the screen by the time I told her to turn it off. Right. I was like, I am done with this film already. This is garbage. But either way, that was my only experience with White Chicks. And I never understood at the time, because during the early 2000s, there was this big push against, for good reason, there was a push against blackface. Obviously, you'd have the minstrel stuff from the early eras of cinema, um, which came up as the minstrel shows in uh, theatre and things like that. Uh, They'd been rightly derided. Then you got to the point where there were certain black and white films from the 40s, 50s, and sometimes early 60s. There was one time I went off sick from school uh, in the late 90s, and where I was ill, I was lying on the sofa with TV on. And on Channel 4, they were showing... During daytime, there's a film... I know what you're going to say. Yeah, and there was a kid who was meant to be a black kid who was like a lesser character, but do it like running errands between the white woman who owned the plantation and someone else. And obviously this is one of them good old American sort of wholesome things, so they mm. they don't address the racism. But that's one thing is to not address the racism. The other thing is to have a black kid in it who's played by a white kid sprayed black. Oh, boy. And I'm like, this is playing on TV during the day in the late 90s. Yeah. And I'm like, I Not can cool. recognise this as a, as a as someone who's still a teenager. I'm like, this is wrong. Why is this on the TV? Yeah. How was this ever acceptable? So we'd had this huge pushback against the idea of people blacking up. Yeah. Then all of a sudden, White Chicks comes out. 
and it's essentially and flips it on its head. Yeah, but it's blacking up in reverse. But unlike something like, uh, if you're going to do a comparison on what's what's acceptable and what's not, you could compare it with something like Tropic Thunder. Because mm. Tropic Thunder has Robert Downey Jr. blacking up. Yeah. Whereas this has two black actors whiting it, whiting up. I suppose is the term. Um, now you'd think that the whiting up is less bad because obviously white people are not a minority in America in, yeah. in the same way that you know, oppression of black people, slavery, racism, etc. has always been. However, with Robert Downey Jr.'s character, there is a, a story ethos there for his character where it's a reference about egotistical actors, uh, specifically method actors, yeah. who basically go, I can play anything and do any role. And become that And become role. that character. And you must treat me off camera as if I am still that. Like um, like uh, Daniel Day-Lewis. Yeah. Where making he pl- people carry him around when he was playing a disabled man. Yeah. So he's playing a disabled man. Oh, I, 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 I need you to feed me. I need you to do this for me. When the cameras aren't rolling. Yeah. And it's like, no, dude, you're not actually disabled. Like, yeah. you can play the part. Um, and that was the point of that. It was to mock let's be honest almost entirely white method actors yeah um so there, there was a social political point to doing it white chicks doesn't do that obviously it's got an in-story reason as to why the black guys become white girls yeah but there's no actual it's not poking fun at anything in society in fact it's, no, it's running through it's, very base humor it's literally just a wouldn't it be funny if two black guys pretend to be two white women yeah but they don't go any deeper because than that. we'd already done plenty of comedies where it's men pretending to be women yes going right back to films like some like it hot and tootsie and tootsie and nuns on the run yeah um things like that um so they obviously just went well how can we take it but those one go step back to f- pantomime dames yeah yeah and they were like well how can we take that one step further mm. what if not only is it a different gender it's a different race as well yeah i'll be honest with you i don't think it's really acceptable in either of them because i actually I don't know if this is considered a hot take, but I hate Tropic Thunder. I'll be honest, I don't Tro- think it's yeah. funny at all. I think it's awful. I think there's elements to Tropic Thunder that I find funny, but I at least I at least understand that there is a cultural reference being made with the blackface mm. in that that is not being made by white chicks. Right. Um, that's the difference. That there is that it is pinpointing something and it's saying, look, this look how ridiculous blackface is, yeah. and here is someone who because of their ego yeah. and their pretension thinks yeah. that blackfacing is okay because they're doing it for their art. Yeah. That is something that Using is... Using art to justify everything. Yeah. yeah. Whereas White Chicks doesn't do that. No. Um, now, that's not to say I don't like the Wyans because actually I quite like several things that the Wyans have done. I don't. That's fine. Um, but... To be fair, I only know them for this and Scary Movie. Yeah. Now, as a kid, I liked Scary Movie 1 and 2. Yeah. As a grown ass man, I rewatched them and realised I have outgrown that sort of humour. Yes. That being said, I, there was a show called Marlon on Netflix mm. uh, a few years ago that I thought was humorous. It don't get me wrong; it's not split your sides, laugh out loud, laughing, but it is fun enough to watch. I right. quite enjoyed that show, and actually, Marlon Wines has done a couple of Netflix movies that, why not high art or you know intelligent in any way, are at least amusing for an evening. Yeah. They're, n- they're nothing special, but they'll they'll do you to tide you over for a night. Yeah. Um, however, I, I especially appreciate and I still go back and watch, because I never saw them live at the time. We didn't get this over here at the time. Uh, a show called In Living Colour mm. in the early 90s, uh, which is the Wyans Brothers uh, 
and you've got uh, Wayne Senior. What's his name? Um, uh, so you've got Sean. Da- you got Sean. In this one, you've got Marlon Wayans. Who was the Sean writer? Wayans. Who's not in it? Uh, then you've got Keenan Ivory Wayans as the Keenan director. Keenan Ivory Wayans, he's the and dad. The d- no, no, the dad is Damon Wayans. Eesh. And then you had Damon Wayans Jr. Right. Because Damon Wayans Jr. is the one who hosts Frogger. Who? Damon da- Wayans, yeah, yeah, Damon yeah, yeah, yeah. Wayans Jr. Yeah, yeah. hosts Frogger. Right. But there is a Damon Wayans Sr. as well. I was fairly well. certain Keenan Ivory, Keenan, um, Ivory Wayans was the dad. Oh, maybe he is, but he I didn't think dad. so. He is the dad. Yeah. I thought he was the oldest brother. Yeah, he has five children with him. Oh, so Keenan Ivory is the dad. Yeah. Okay. And then what is it? So who are the brothers? Is it Damon Wayne Senior? Was he? Hang on, let me. Yeah, he was. So yeah, that's what I thought. So, so parents... what's the family tree? Go on. So his parents, his parents were Howland Elvira Wayans. I don't know right. if they had anything to do with film. He's the brother of Dwayne Wayans, Damon Wayans, Kim Wayans, Nadia Wayans, Marlon Wayans, and Sean Wayans. So he is one of the brothers. Right. I thought he was the dad because he no. was he was he was very clearly older than them. And he he was is also a lot the, older, yeah. Yeah, and he was also the one who um, he created the concept for In Living Color. Right. So he's sort of the main host. Right. Uh, I, I didn't know this though. Just looking at this, he was uh, Keenan Ivory Wayans was the first movie director that Hollywood ever allowed to depict a rape scene that was designed specifically for laughs, which was in Little Man in two thousand and six. Uh, that's not a good. <laughs> Tr- that's, that's not a good movie, no. is it? You know, um, wish Marlon Wayans two, plays a little two, baby, doesn't he? Yeah, so it's the same two Wayans brothers as in this. Yeah, Marlon and Sean. Um, but yeah, Keenan Ivory Wayans created In Living Colour. It was also... Uh, Jim Carrey actually cites that Keenan Ivory Wayans is the man who gave him his proper start in the career. Um, because Jim Carrey had done a lot of work in the 80s, but it was all small bit parts. Yeah, and a lot of stand-up and stuff. Yeah, uh, and he, he did a couple of films. Like he did one with Jeff Goldblum uh, called uh, Earth Girls Are Easy, Easy, things like that. But he was always like a, a secondary character. He was never a main. Yeah. Uh, after In Living Colour, he shot to stardom after doing that, then Ace Ventura, then The Mask. Yeah. After that point, he was set in stone. Um and he's great in it. There, and to be fair, there's a lot of really clever jokes in In Living Colour. Yeah. Um, so I still appreciate I like the style of In Living Colour as well. It's kind of got a street vibe to it. And I don't mean because it's made by black people. I mean in the fact that the sets they build for the In Living Colour sets are like New York-style rooftops right. and stuff like that. It's clearly a set, but it's a really... like I just like the aesthetic. It's kind of got that grungy smoky New York aesthetic that I kind of like from things like TMNT and stuff of the era. So I will always appreciate that, but I think it's very clear that their comedy didn't age that well. Um, Jim Carrey went from sort of gold to gold as he went through the 90s. I know you're not a particular fan, but certainly in terms of their sales, they went from gold to gold. The Wines Brothers kind of middled around until they got to pretty much white chicks into the 2000s they did scary movie white chicks and so they had a small renaissance there yeah but it was so lowbrow it has no staying yeah, power yeah i noticed i looked up his filmography sean wayans does, hasn't, hasn't been in anything in years yeah. marlon wayans is still guy i think he probably has, doesn't even act anymore at all i know marlon wayans the last film he did that i remember coming out was he did a 50 shades of gray parody called 50 shades of black yes um, yeah i've saw that 
Must. I haven't seen Fifty Shades of Grey, but I watched Fifty Shades of Black because right. I was like, it's a comedy at least. It was all right. It was right. a fun, but I, I get the impression it would be funnier if you'd seen if you'd seen Fifty Shades of Grey. Shades of Grey yeah. um, but it's still funny enough in some of the yeah. sequences. But again, not a laugh a minute. Yeah. Um, they never sort of kept hitting a high. I think the problem is is the script runs too quickly, and they like when they, it feels like there's there's not enough time in the oven for the script. So White Chick suffers from this problem. If you're going to go with that base a joke, then you need to pad the rest of the film out in such a way that, A, you've got a statement to make by doing it, which this film does not have a statement, and B, you need to be... You, you need the rest of the world to be as... Uh, basically as realistic as possible. Everyone else is acting in a drama... Mm. And these two are your comedy duo. Yeah. Whereas Where it, they're not. Everyone's acting up in this. Yeah, everyone's acting as a comedy it character. It just isn't funny. No. I'm sorry. I just don't think it's funny. No. They're um, also not different enough from each other. I don't think. I know. I know. That's another thing is the makeup does not hold up right, at yeah. all. Let's start with the makeup. Because I th- I feel like that's the elephant in the room. Yeah. The make. I don't know if this was intentional. But if it was intentional, I feel like it was a bad call. Yeah. The makeup, it's not that it's aged badly, it never looked good. Oh no, it looked it's looked when, terrifying at the time. When this film came out, they may as well have called this Uncanny Valley the movie. Yeah. It was so disturbing looking. And what I can't understand is how you told me this is the same makeup guy who did Mrs. Doubtfire, right? Yes, it is, yeah. How the fuck does this do, do these prosthetics Looks so much worse than Mrs. Doubtfire. Yeah, so it's a man called Greg Cannon. And right. he did the face makeup for Mrs. Doubtfire and the mask. Now, the right. mask is a full... F- the mask... The, it, several people wear the mask. Whenever they wear it, obviously, it's a big full head that mm-hmm. looks a bit uncanny. But the point of that was that it was meant to look like a cartoon, so it gets away with it quite nicely. Yeah. So the slight uncanniness and slightly false nature of it works to its advantage. Mm. Mrs. Doubtfire is a, a character where it has to look realistic. Yeah. And it has to look believable that Robin Williams is actually an old woman. Yeah. And it works. It works perfectly. For some reason in this, it doesn't work at all. And I think some of that, I think actually, I think I know what the big problem is with this. That mm. isn't the problem in Mrs. Doubtfire's makeup. Right. With Mrs. Doubtfire, even though they show bits where it's like a full face mask, it's clearly not a full face mask on Robin Williams. Right. They've got pieces, and then they match it in with his skin tone. Right. So a lot of his, quite a bit of his face is still visible. Right. With the Wyans brothers here, to get around the fact that their faces are obviously not white in skin tone, rather than spray them white around the edges they it's just put on a full front or full face piece mm. but that makes the whole face look false whereas what they should have done is they should have added pieces or change like pieces to change the shape mm. of the face to make and it look a bit makeup. more effeminate but as extra bits of makeup and then sprayed skin color mm. in some way i think that would have that would have looked more real because more of their actual face would have been on show right Whereas what they've done in this, where they've put a whole prosthetic over it, it looks like they're wearing a whole prosthetic. There's a Mike Myers style effect here. They're wearing a William Shatner mask. Yeah. You know, it's it it ah, oh, and it looks so bad. You can see the seams in most yeah. of the scenes as well. I'm like, it's you the even blue finished... contact lenses as well. Oh, they're mate. horrifying. 
Yeah, they're too blue. And I, and I don't know, maybe that is the look they were going for. And if it is, no, well done, meant, but it was the wrong choice. But they were meant to look like the two girls, and they just don't. Yeah, but that's the same. Maybe the joke they wanted was that they blatantly don't. But every character in the film acts like they do. Mm. Uh, but to me, that's just not funny. And that would only work if everyone else was playing it as a drama and not yeah. a comedy. Yeah, exactly. This is the problem. Everyone else and, has to be the straight man if yeah. that's what and you're And no doing. one's delivering the jokes right. No. The timing is terrible in Terry this movie. Terry Crews is the only one who's got his timing Ter down pat. Yeah, Terry Crews. This is one of his earliest films. Yeah. And this is... He is by a landslide... The best thing. I, I think this is his breakout in terms of comedy. I laughed at exactly one joke in the entire. Yeah. What is it? An hour and forty minutes? Something like that. It feels too long. Way too long. I laughed at exactly one joke. It's not even that funny, and I'm a little ashamed that I laughed at it. And it's in Terry Crews's first scene when he turns up. They're on the rooftop, aren't they, at the party? Yeah. And he starts flirting with. Marlon Wayans dressed as the girl. Yes, I think that's right. And he goes, once you go black, and we all know how that sentence ends, yeah. once you go black, you never go back. But he goes, once you go black, you're going to need a wheelchair. And then a girl in a wheelchair immediately wheels up to them yeah. and recognize, I can't remember his character's name, yeah. but she's like, hi, Terry, or whatever Where his name is. Um, and he's like, get out of here, yeah. <laughs> and wheels her away. It's not even that funny. No. I, I laughed because of the... Un I was expecting him to say, once you go black, you never go back. Yeah. Because that's the, the phrase. But he broke the cliche, um, which is what, what made it pay and, off. And to be fair, it was the fact that you're going to need to watch it, and then a girl with a wheelchair immediately wheels up. That is literally the only line I laughed at yep. in the entire film. I laughed at another couple, but one... I mean, one of them is incredibly racist. From Terry Crews saying a, a racist word. I that, actually laughed at that one as well, but I'm not going to admit it on the episode. I'm, I'm not going... You, you, can, you can admit you laughed at it because it came out of <laughs> no, nowhere. I'm not. <laughs> but... And I was not expecting it from him. But at the same time, it was like... Again, it's just timing from Terry Crews's part. Yeah. Yeah, he's the... He's the only one in this film with... No, I'm going to give one one other person. Um, he, I'm trying to be nice. I don't want to be a dickhead anymore. Sure. He, it very clear, it's very clear from this film that he has got great comedy skills. It is no surprise at all that he went on to be in Brooklyn Nine-Nine and he's one of the best things in Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Um, I thought, um, I can't remember her name. Something Carpenter. John. No. Deborah Carpenter? Let me find No. It. It's not Deborah. She's from Dexter. She's Dexter's sister. And she's one of the three friends. Busy Phillips? No, it's not Busy Phillips. Maitland Ward? No, it's not Maitland Ward. Jane, Qu Jane King? No. Fun fact Brittany about... Brittany Daniel? No. Fun fact about Maitland Ward, though. Anne Dudick? No. Jennifer Carpenter. Jennifer Carpenter. Uh, Jennifer Carpenter's got a bit where she has some degree of comedic timing where they're trying on clothes and he suggests an outfit for her as she basically is playing on the whole way that like girls put each other's bodies down. And she's like, say hello to flabby, flabby, flabby tummy or something like that. Oh, yeah. She had some comedic timing there. The problem is they run that joke into the ground. They do too much of it. It needs to be one and done. He needs to... Once he backs out of the room the first time... That's it, yeah. That's it. Um, 
she had some sense of comedic timing as well. I'll give her that. Um, everything else, I have to admit, I, I disliked everything else in this. The, I, I'm struggling to find things to like in this film. Yeah, the the plot is garbage. Yeah. Um, it's really contrived as well. Yeah. Also, like, for example, so let's talk about a little bit about the plot. The, basically, the Wines brothers play two black cops who are... Number one, they They're start... FBI agents, aren't they? FBI agents. They start off imitating Mexicans, mm-hmm. which I'm like, I'm sure you can't do that. Like, you, you may think you can get away with doing it as white chicks, and obviously they did, but, like, you can't be Mexicans. Like, don't do that. Like, you, you can't get away with that, surely. Anyway, they uh, basically do these busts and for some reason always decide that they need to have insane costumes. Again, could have worked if they played it that they're basically the Acme duo in an otherwise realistic yeah. world. But yeah, they they fail a drug. Uh, they get they, the wrong person, yeah, don't they, they? They fail a drug deal because they yeah they get the wrong person who's delivering actual ice cream and mm. not the not the what they were expecting. So they get told they're going to get thrown off the case, uh, thrown out of the force. So in order to stop losing their jobs, they decide to help uh, on this bullshit sort of tag along thing where they just have to escort two rich girls to a party. Uh, so they do that, and while they're on the way there. The girls, they get into a car accident, which is, again, very contrived. Uh, But they get into a car accident. The girls get small cuts on their faces and decide that because of these tiny cuts... They can't be seen. Oh, my God. Uh, Did you recognise one of these girls? No. Uh, One of them had a guest appearance in Friends as Mike's ex-girlfriend, Precious. Oh, okay. Uh, And he's also Ted Mosby's ex-girlfriend, who he breaks up with her on her birthday then convinces her to go back out with him again and breaks up with her again on her birthday. Oh, what a dick And it turns out that she's learned Krav Maga, right. and, which is a type of Israeli street yeah, yeah. fighting, and she kicks the living shit out. <laughs> which is what he deserves. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, again, on my birthday! Yeah. Uh, so basically... They do. They, they do this mission. They pu- they decide. Well, they're going to get sacked if the girls don't turn up at the party. The mm-hmm. girls won't go, so they dress up as the girls and they go to the party. We have no idea how or why they kept how they kept the two girls in the room the entire time. Like for the entire weekend, almost mm. the girls do not leave the room, and they seem shocked when they're on TV because obviously yeah. it's the Wines brothers getting filmed as the girls on TV. And it's like you never ventured out for food, for the toilet, for like yeah. to notice that your you know the security detail that's been given to you has gone. Like it, it, it makes zero sense. It's so contrived. Yeah. And then they turn up at the end, and it gets into this confusing thing where one of the Wines brothers and one of the actual girls gets kidnapped temporarily, but that only lasts f- less than five seconds. Yeah. There's no stakes. Yeah. Maybe we're reading too much into it, but the plot just doesn't work. And that's the thing, like with a comedy, like some people go, "Well, you're overanalyzing it. It's just a comedy film, bro." Mm. The thing is, is even for a comedy film, you need to lay out ground rules for yeah. theme. There still needs to be stakes. Yeah, and you've also got it's certainly more important in certain ways in a comedy than anything else is timing. Mm. Um, you cannot like a, a comedy film can have great themes, great stakes. If you don't get the comedy timing right, my friends, you do not have a film if it's a comedy film. Mm. You know, so you need all those three elements yeah. for a great comedy film. This yeah. doesn't have any of them. Yeah, I could have done without. Go on. It's the scene where Terry, Terry Crews tries to date rape the girl. 
Yes. I could have done without that. I don't yeah. think you needed that in the film. And it's creepy. It's and, creepy and, and it's definitely and it, aged badly. I know it was not a good look back then either. But and it doesn't pay off anyway. Your, no. Your pay off, because he obviously accidentally drugs himself. And yeah. I was like, oh, great, we're going to get some real... I thought the film might pick up. Because I was like, oh, we're going to get some real crazy Terry Crews shit. You get him dancing with glow sticks. Shirts. Yeah, he does like rave dancing, and he's all right at it. But at the same time, it's like that's it's the not only that funny. Yeah, it's not that funny, and it's not a big enough payoff for the fact that he just tried to date red yeah. drug someone. What's the animal that the guy nearly snogs? Is it? A, it's a little dog. It's isn't a dog, it? isn't it? He goes to kiss him. Yeah. But that, again, that character is inconsequential. Yeah. And that never comes back. The fact that he was about to do some bestiality shit. Yeah. Like this. So it was many... just. It's just a gag thrown in there. But yeah. again, that character's not meant to be one. One of the comedy characters. Yeah. So, so let's let's talk about. I know this is going to sound really weird to talk about with in white chicks, but I'm gonna. I need to pad this out with something mm. to explain why white chicks fails on such a fundamental level. The Marx Brothers. Go. Let's go all the way back to black and white film. Marx Brothers. Yeah. They are comedy characters. They are complete cartoons. Everyone else in a Marx Brothers it's film straight. is a straight dramatic role playing in a proper serious drama. Yeah. And that's why it works because you have the straight laced like rule of the world introduced to insanity. And then insanity comes and breaks it. Ace Ventura does the same sort of thing. You know, the everyone else if you watch the first Ace Ventura, everyone else is in a police drama. Yeah. The only one who's playing a comedy is Jim Carrey as Ace Ventura. Right. And that's why that works, if that's the sort of thing you like. I know, again, you're not a fan of Jim Carrey either. I don't think this type of comedy is for you, Jamie, because yeah. you tend not to like any of it. Um, Airplane. Everyone's playing it straight, even though the... S- but Except in that- for that one guy who shouldn't be in the film. Yeah, <laughs> but... Ev- Just kidding. Yeah. Oh, yeah, apart from that guy, he's the break. Yeah. That's, again, the proof. Because everyone else in Airplane is playing it super straight, and it's the situation that's ridiculous. Yeah. So therefore, the, that's why the comedy works on that level. The problem is, is the the wine's team, should I say, for this mm. tries to have its cake and eat it. The situation's ridiculous. All of the characters are ridiculous. But then they try to add drama in. Yeah, and it's like, where are you going to stick it? Because well, that was who's gonna who's gonna pick up your drama? The scene where they fall out, you know, after his wife comes yeah, in and breaks up with him. Flat. It falls so far. I was watching it going, see, you're trying to have something here mm. that if the film had been better up to you'd be able to have something. But for starters, because the other white chick shows up, the other brother, mm. why does he not just yell after in his man voice? That yeah. would make her turn around. He could just rip the mask, he could do anything in that scene. Yeah. But he just lets her walk out. Yep. It's it's just and then they try and have a serious moment as well when when John Hurd gets revealed as the villain yeah and um uh, one of them jumps in front of the bullet don't they yes and, I, I don't know it just doesn't it all falls flat because there's nowhere for you to hang your dramatic hat yeah because everyone's playing the fool yeah and unfortunately if you've got a if you've got a whole film that's just full of fools yeah. Then you've got nothing of value. This there will be ta- no depth to yeah. it. There's this whole tangent in the middle where the whole plot just gets derailed. Mm. Where Sean Wayans' character, I can't remember the character names, so Sean Wayans' no character, yeah. he wants to go out with this attractive reporter lady. Mm. And because he thinks she only likes rich men, 
he gets Marlon Wayans to take Terry Crews out on a date. Yes. Because Terry Crews is playing a rich NBA football player. Yeah. Um, no, NBA's basketball. NFL is football, isn't it? I think it? it's NFL, Because yeah. it's National Football League. Uh, NBA is National Basketball Association, I think. Um, can't you tell I know sports? Um, <laughs> anyway, so he can steal his car, go and lie that the house is his, yeah. not do a good job at it either. Like no. That was so frustrating because the joke wasn't funny. Like, fine, if you're going to have this ridiculous situation where he pretends the house is his... That's fine. That could work. It's a bit stupid. But if that's the stupid thing you have, that's fine. But when they're in the house, he does absolutely nothing to even try and sell that it's his house. Yeah. He even turns to her and goes, where's the wine at? Why would she know? Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Do you know what? That was the one other funny bit in the film. When, <laughs> when <laughs> fair enough, this was funny. I forgot about this. Um, yeah, the yeah, lady. this is my house. This is Then who's that? And it's a huge picture of Terry Oh, Cruz, yeah, that was good. Basically yeah. naked. Yeah. And he's like, uh, 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 my trainer. Why do you have a picture of your trainer on your... What, uh, it keeps me motivated. <laughs> that I liked that bit, yeah. but again, it was the shock of the picture. Yeah, it it's, was again. The, it's Terry Crews. It is. It. It's Terry Crews. In not even still. doing anything. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, then the like. So what you could do is have him do the house, have him taking it seriously, then have the dog come in. Yeah. And that's your. That's and your you didn't punch need the dog line. and the maid. You no, one, one or the other. other. Yeah. yeah, one or the other. Because it was already ruined, but like, because they come in and immediately the maid ruins it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then she has the picture. Then he goes, "Where's the wine?" To her, yeah. and then the dog comes in. Ruins. Yeah. Like, at what point she's never going to buy any of this? Yeah. Like, and there's so again, there's no stakes and on I him because he failed straight yeah. away. And I think this is the way the Wayans write. I think they're terrified of there being a second without a joke. Yeah. Because it's and I get the logic, you know, it's a comedy movie, you want people constantly laughing, but it doesn't work that way. People need time. Yeah. To you need re- to bi- yeah, you need to build up to a joke. I here's the thing, this film could have done like not necessarily would have salvaged the film, but it could have done something quite clever with its moments if it had picked its characters a little bit more sensibly. Um because basically Marlon's character, the one with the wife, mm. he uh, he he goes on a date with Terry Crews. Terry Crews tries to you know drug him, ends up drugging himself. But he realizes the terror of that, and he also sees a few things where women are being used and abused. Mm. And that that pushes towards the bit that he does at the end, where he's just like he. And then uh, one of the other girls, while they're hanging around, says, "You know, we just want. Sometimes I just want a guy to listen to me to mm. just you know." So so he has a learning curve there. That yeah. that's potentially a very good learning curve where he thinks, you know, start him off as being a bit of a a dickhead who's like, "Well, come on, babe, you can, you're as hard as me. You can do whatever I can do. You know, we're all equal or whatever the hell. You know, you're as hard as I am. Whatever. I don't give a shit." You know, it's a hard world. Get over yourself. That's sort of an asshole character. And then through this process, he realizes how women can get abused by people like Terry Crews. But you'd have to then play Terry Crews more of a villain mm. um, and how other people manipulate women and things like that. You could have done that storyline, then heard the story from the other girl that's a friend of theirs saying that, you know, Sometimes I just want guys to listen to me and actually empathise with what I'm saying, not just yeah. blah, blah, blah. So that way it feels more earned that when he gets to the end, he's gone from this guy's like, bitch, you know, we all have struggles, get over yourself, 
to guys I, I understand now that you know what you're scared of what you're scared of the potential of you know that at least would have added some narrative growth for him yeah and would have had certain dramatic stakes to sell the film as it stands they've got the hint of that from what's there but not enough to actually sell the emotion yeah I don't know. Maybe I'm talking out my ass. No, no, I agree. I think, yeah, you could see, you could see what they're trying to get to, and they're not getting near it. Mm. And that's probably because the film is so distracted and self so concerned. Do you know what? It's probably a case of too many writers. Yeah. Six goddamn writers on a film like this. Yeah. You don't need it. It's always surprising, though, because they had six writers and not a single one of them sat there and went, I don't know, guys, should we paint you up as stereotypical Mexicans today? Do you mm. think that's going to go well? Not a single person went, maybe having you do that accent, not a great idea. Yeah. And the the two-way and scary movies have this same problem, where it's just joke, joke, joke. And some of them, there are some, in the first scary movie, there are some jokes that are actually funny. Yeah. I like the joke where they do the whole... Um, yeah, they'd only get people in their early t- late twenties, early thirties to play us, and the camera cuts out, and they're all people in their late twenties, early thirties. Yeah. I like that; it's a good meta joke. What's not funny? I, I, basically, I just think they're pitching their comedy at a young, younger audience, right. because I did find Scary Movie One hilarious when I was a child. Mm. Hilarious, loved the bit when in the shower they get the Polaroid of his little baby dick, and he's like, "Having a small dick's like a disability, man." Now I watch that scene and I'm like, "This ain't funny." Yeah, this is just. Silly. Well, things are different when you're younger, I suppose. And that's what I'm saying. Comedy, Maybe we yeah. need to accept that the Wayans are actually aiming at a lower audience. Maybe. But aiming I... at people who are still still find. For fuck's sake, there's an honest-to-goodness fart joke in this. Where yeah. Terry Crews and Marlon Wayne start farting at oh, each yeah. other. But the thing is, they, the, to, do, to sell a fart joke now, really, mm. sell a fart joke, you have to underplay the fart. Yeah. They do not underplay the fart. No, this is a anything. fart battle. Yeah, and it's like it's over the top fart sounds as well. Like yeah, proper like. <laughs> I am legitimately impressed how long I kept that going uh, for. Congratulations! <sighs> I'm actually out of breath now. <laughs> but I didn't. Th- I didn't intend to do it that long, and then I was like, "Oh, it's still going. I'm just going to see how long this keeps going for." <laughs> We're not going to send this into a fart battle. Um, no, because it's not funny. No. A couple of years before this, they did the same thing in Scooby-Doo. Mm. It's the worst part of the Scooby-Doo movie. Scooby-Doo is a film that was aimed at children. Yeah. This... Yeah, the wine, the wine's comedy is basically... I'd, I'd hate to say children's comedy, though, because when I... Maybe I was the outlier, but when I watched this... As the right age for it, mm. I was literally the 100% correct age for it when it came out. I found it shit. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll be honest. I was 14 when this came out, and I thought it looked bad. That's why I didn't see it. Yeah. The tra- I watched the trailers and was like, that's not funny. Having said that, I like witty comedy, and there's no wit in this. I'm just better than everybody else. No, 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 no. Saying I like wit is a type of comedy. It's a, It's not saying that it's the best comedy mm. and it's superior comedy. It's just 
this is more toilet humour based, but, but and I is. don't like toilet humour. But it is. I mean, I think wit is a superior <laughs> comedy because I like it. Mm. But like, uh, that's even the, I'm not trying humor. to. Be, I'm to- not trying to yeah. be pretentious. I'm no, just no. saying that this is a, more of a yeah. toilet humour. Even toilet humour. Not my jam. Right, I'm not massively into toilet humour. Here's the thing: there is a way to do toilet humour funny. Yeah. But it takes a degree of skill. Yeah. Because you usually have to basically toilet humour is usually best when it's in, when it's used as shock humour. Yes. So it's you're not expecting the toilet humour, and then it happens. Mm. But when this, you this, go into a Wayans yeah. film, or I tell you else is bad for it, the Farrelly brothers, they're the ones oh, who made God. the movie 43. Yeah. They're not funny either. Everything they do is this sort of base joke mm. where you're just like, oh, fart battles. Oh, I shat myself. Oh, da 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 da. Can you imagine? Yes. Yeah. Because you've just. Um, I'll tell you one that works. Here's an example of one that works. It's gross. It's a gross joke, and it works in that way where it kind of makes you feel sick. Is in Austin Powers 2, I think it is. Um, they have a sample. I can't believe I'm saying these words live on the internet. They have a sample of Fat Bastard's Turd. Oh. In a jar. And for some reason, they're boiling it. I can't remember why. But oh. it's just a brown, it's a container of brown liquid. Yeah. And all the way through the scene, Austin Powers keeps almost drinking it almost mm. and that's funny yeah because, because he's not quite getting yeah. to it yeah at the end of the scene he actually does drink it and that ruins the whole joke yeah it should have been that he didn't yeah. and kind of it it kind of saves itself again because he drinks it and then goes it's a bit nutty right but it's which i'd, I'd prefer if they didn't have that i'd prefer if it was just the the, the oh, oh, he nearly yeah. does. He nearly does. But at least it's no. That usually they would do the temptation of drinking it and then vomiting or something like that. Yeah, yeah like or have like sweet corn stuck in his teeth. Yeah, or like, like overplay like, the joke. Um, what I was going to say as well, you you compared this somewhat a little bit to Dodgeball, not favorably. Obviously, Dodgeball is a far <laughs> superior movie. Um, I think one of the other things that makes Dodgeball easily superior to this. And why it's easy, it's so much better at keeping the jokes coming mm. without them tiring yeah. is the characters are all very distinguishable. Yeah. As I say, in this, the two Wines brothers aren't particularly distinguishable in terms of no. their actions. but even or in it, terms of their delivery. No, but even them aside, mm. all of the other girls are indistinguishable from each other. Every female character in this, except the reporter, yep. is played as Dumb Valley Girl. Yeah. And you're like, look, it's funny to, to pick two characters and do that. Yeah. That's funny. But every girl in the film is dumb. Now you're being sexist, to yeah. be honest. Yeah, which doesn't help when you're literally dressing as women pretending to be them. Um, so you've got that. And then all of the cops act the same. They're all sort of slightly sexual, but like sort of asking dark questions of each other, but not even funny ones. Like you've got the two, oh, the two. The, the, go- is the running gag, isn't there, where the 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 more Asian-looking officer always asks? Unfortunately, I don't know his name, but the other one is Lachlan Munro. Yeah. Um, who I only know because he's in Scary Movie and Freddy vs. Jason. He always asks him like a question, like, "Oh, would you rather fuck Pamela Anderson or Carmen Electra?" But they've both got herpes is that it or yeah something, like, something that? like that i don't know how the herpes if they've both got herpes how yeah. that makes any difference and then. when when he picks one 
I think he says Pamela Anderson. The guy's like, oh, that's disgusting. He goes, what? They've both got herpes. What's the difference? Go on, then. Which one would you pick? And every time he gets asked the question, something happens to Yeah, and he goes, oh, can answer away. this now. We've got to go. That actor's yeah. name is Eddie Velez. Eddie Velez. Yeah. Um, that's a running joke that, <sighs> it for me, go. it didn't work. No. because And again, it should have worked because it's a repeat joke. But it just yeah. doesn't. Because it didn't land the first time. It didn't land any following time. And I think delivery is part of that with that. Mm. But again, with dodgeball, the other thing is so all the cops are kind of a homogenous whole. All the girls are a homogenous whole. The two leads are homogenous to themselves. Mm. Terry Crews is the only standout, which is why he's the only standout. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's, there's basically everyone's a blancmange of each other. Whereas in dodgeball... You couldn't take, apart from the obvious joke ones like laser, blazer, um, taser. Yeah, you couldn't go like, uh, like uh, White Goodman. Yeah, and whoever freaking Vince Vaughn's character's name is Peter Lafleur. Yeah, Peter Lafleur, and say Steve the Pirate, and like you could take the whole gang basically. Yeah. You couldn't go any of them are identical characters. No, yeah, they're all they're all indistinguishable. Sorry, they're all distinguishable from each other. Yeah, even even the you know you've got two nerds mm. in the average Joe's group. You've yeah, got Justin guy, Long and um, the guy who has the Asian wife. Oh God, I feel. Oh no, I was thinking of the tall, lanky one. Oh, you got him as well. You got yes. three nerds then. You got three nerds. You've got the guy. You got the guy who's got to get angry. He's got to get, get mean. mean. And I'm feeling terrible because I can't remember the tall, lanky guy's name. It's Chris something. Let me have a look. Chris Moore, maybe. He was in Hatchet. Justin Long, Stephen Root, and Joel David Moore. Joel David Moore. Yeah. I don't know where I got Chris Moore from. Um, yeah, Joel David Moore. So, yeah, you're right. You've got three nerds. You've got actually. three nerds, but, but they're you... all separate kinds of nerd. Yeah, you wouldn't you wouldn't basically confuse Justin Long with Stephen Root. No. Because their story arcs are different. Yeah. Their goals are different. Their character, like, characters perform differently. Yeah. But to be fair, maybe we're being unfair because dodgeball is, and I don't mean to be hyperbolic here, I'm just trying to think quickly in my head. Because we're about to... Next year, Dodgeball turns 20. Mm. I think it's probably the best comedy of the last 20 years. It's what up, It's definitely up there. I don't think I've seen a comedy funnier that holds up on repeat viewings. Mm. Yeah. That I can think of off the top of my head. Dodgeball is... A f- it, it, again, it's another one of them perfect storms. I'm not interested in the sequel at all. No. Dodgeball's um, amazing. But yeah, Dodgeball is incredible. But that's the point. It came out the same year. Mm. So it had the same challenges that in fact it had less budget i would imagine than white chick but oh i honestly don't know because you've got a lot of very famous people in dodgeball let me have a look uh so dodgeball had a budget of 20 million and white chicks had a budget of 37 million so nearly wow, doubled an extra 17 million yeah so it nearly doubled the budget of dodgeball wow. it is not like even not even, even if close. you remove the yeah it's not even close to use my catchphrase White Chicks is orders of magnitude <laughs> below Dodgeball. Dodgeball. But that's the thing. That, so they both had, like, again, Dodgeball hat. It's the, it is literally an underdog story because it had ne- near enough half the budget of White Chicks. It had the same, it was in the same social political time. So it didn't have different, you know, I can't say it was a different era or anything like that. Literally had all the same benefits that White Chicks had, but with actually less on its side and it was a better film because the script differentiated the characters 
if White Chicks had Even done the, that, yeah. it would have been a better film. Yeah. Not necessarily as, as classic as Dodgeball, but damn would it have helped if there was more. Yeah. Like te- Again, Terry Crews is the only person who stands out as a separate character. Yeah. And he's great. And even in Dodgeball, I, I, I'm going to stop comparing it because that's, yeah. we're being mean. But even side characters are funny. Yeah. I, the two Dodgeball announcers. Yeah. Ouch town population you, bro. <laughs> or um, uh, a sporting event greater than the World Cup. The World Series and World War Two combined. <laughs> like, yeah. That's funny. Yeah. A girl suddenly going, hell no. Not funny. No. It's especially not funny when you do it so many times. Yeah, you just that joke the one is joke. done a minute. There's literally a bit where one of the Wayans brothers does it and the other one's like, dude, dude, you got to calm down. We're girls, remember? Blah, blah, blah. And then immediately does the same thing. Yeah. And that- you're like, that's not funny. You've literally just done the same joke you know a what? second time. I think my final thought on White Chicks... Is that I, no one should ever watch it ever again? Other than that, but like to, as as a lot, sort of a critical appraisal of it is, it is a sketch that probably would have been okay on something like In Living Color, mm. but as like a two to three minute sketch maximum. Yeah. It's got a little Britain flavor to it, hasn't it? Yeah. When they dress up as girls and they're like, we're ladies. Well, th- there's actually one of those. Uh, one of the, there's. Uh, one of those um, Little Britain sketches mm. is one where there's Bubbles de Vere, darling, where uh, Matt Lucas dressed up as a big fat woman. Oh, and yeah. the whole joke is that, oh, her clothes come off and she's fat and she's naked. And they do it every time, but don't they? Yeah. I think season two or three... David Williams is a big it. black woman, isn't yeah, he? And so, and so obviously completely in blackface and everything else. So ob- for obvious reasons, that's now banned. They don't show that on yeah. re- repeat course. viewings or anything like that, which I completely understand. But again, it's like, can you imagine if they did that as a full feature film? Yeah. That is what White Chicks is. Yeah. Yeah. This would have been funnier as a sketch. It's not a film. Yeah. Yeah. There's not enough in it for a film. Yeah. You know, again, the the fun was a minute of, here's a white woman, and then all of a sudden she's like, damn, son. That's the joke. Yeah. And I that's concur. all you get for an hour and 45 minutes. Yeah, I concur. Uh, so, yeah, well, there we go. Well, I haven't enjoyed this film. No, I haven't enjoyed this You film. haven't enjoyed this film. That's a shame. I've not changed my mind, basically. Yeah, I mean, I ho- I'm sure there are people out there who do enjoy this film. I know them, I know them. I know people who've seen this film and find it funny, and that's fine. Yeah. That's okay. We don't have to agree on everything. No. Uh, that's the wonderful thing about movies and the human race. And hu- well, I mean, you and I don't share humour generally. Dodgeball is one of the few films we agree on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I love Airplane. It's and I agree with most people that it's a hilarious comedy. You didn't take to it, no. But then there's certain comedies you've shown me that I'm just like, eh. You know, it it comedy is just one of those things you and I tend not to agree on. Yeah. But when a film is terrible, we both definitely agree on it not being good. And uh, Dodgeball is just a rare example where we both absolutely in sync. Yeah. Um. On agreeing. Yeah. But yeah. So it's not as if it's like you and I have the same opinion on comedy. We've got no. two very different takes on comedy, and neither of our takes on comedy like white chicks. No. Uh. But yeah, that's all, folks. Uh. That is a wrap da, 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 on white da, da, chicks. Da, 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 da. And we will see you next time on Second Take Cinema. <laughs> <laughs>